0: This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.
1: This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio.
2: Hey, my name is Eduardo, and I'm with G Adventures and National Geographic Journeys. Um, What I really love most about travel is getting to know people from different uh, countries. Uh, We find that we have a lot of things in common, far more similarities than differences. I love learning about the uh, similarities and, and differences, and that's what motivates me to travel.
0: You may know that all around the world, there are local economies that depend on the travel and tourism industry. You're about to hear from one of the largest sustainable travel ventures in the world on how they impact these local communities, not just now, but for
1: generations to come. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry.
0: Hi, Eddie. How are you doing today? Oh, fantastic! <laughs> awesome. So, I have a question for you. Um, how does G Adventures Approach sustainable travel.
2: Well, when this company started about twenty-seven years ago, twenty-eight years ago, it, these ideas were were new. Um, they were just kind of coming about, and I would probably say for the first decade or so, that really wasn't on the forefront of our minds. Um, it, that kind of evolved and came in later when we realized that the way we were constructing travel was going to a good purpose. Okay, and then once we realized that that was why people were traveling with us we we thought we ought to improve that and make it more of a focal point because that's really what differentiated g adventures from what others were doing
3: And at at that time sorry to jump in but what like what were other people doing you know what was that well we're we're talking
2: we're talking pre-internet Okay, so <laughs> people would go to the library. Explain that they would again. Do I'm research. like, yeah. yeah what's,
3: you there was a time. Yeah, right. What? I know. None
2: of us really remember, but there, you had two options. You went to the library and started doing your research there and kind of figuring out what interests you and what your path was going to be on that backpacking trip through Europe. Or you went on a fully escorted motor coach sort of a tour. And when G-Adventures came around, we saw that there was a gap in what was offered, at that time. And in fact, the company was originally named Gap Adventures. Um, And we wanted to bridge that gap in between that independent traveler and that fully escorted motor coach type of experience, giving people still the authentic, immersive, off the beaten path experience that they were getting from independent travel, but taking away, taking out all the logistical nightmare that kind of can distract you from your experience. Hotel accommodations, getting to and from where to go, uh, where to eat, that sort of a thing. So this is what, how the concept was sort of born or hatched. And as it evolved, uh, we realized there were many, many different reasons as to why people were coming with us. Not only was it affordable, but it was also uh, uh, very immersive. Okay, And then so we wanted to make it even more and more and more immersive and 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 speak to that kind of type of traveler because that's who was really coming with us and yearning to to have these types of experiences. Locally owned hotels, you know, local transportation companies, um, as immersive as possible. So through our activity, we realized that because we've altered our supply chain, we've insisted on using locally owned businesses, immersive um, attractions we were spending the money far more responsibly than many other operators in our field. Yeah, so that's really the point of where we said, Whoa wow, we really have something here. You know, we can change the world. We can make a difference in the communities that we operate simply by showing people a fantastic vacation." Yeah, so it's um,
0: that's really kind of how it evolved. John? Interesting. I'd love to unpack kind of the who is really going on this adventure yeah you know who's going on adventure you know g adventure has this kind of um uh youthful kind of um persona about everything with the brand and you yeah know, uh, <laughs> you know that aspect of it so how is that how has that grown and what kind of adventures what if i was to go on a on a g adventures trip what would i expect you know and how should i feel
2: yeah it actually varies quite a quite a bit um you know today we have seven eight well many different travel styles that kind of speak to a different type of experience. Uh, So your question is very difficult to answer because uh, unlike other suppliers in the industry, we really don't focus on a particular demographic, but we do focus on a common mindset and that adventure traveler and we don't mean just the hiking, bungee jumping kind of cliff, you know, we have some of that stuff. But really, we really mean the adventure immersion sort of traveler. So we're, we go after that type of mindset. We look for people that um, w- want to have value in their vacation, want to come back feeling like they've learned something, like they've uh, done something exceptional um, and, at the, uh, and an undertone of doing the right thing. You know, uh, they're not just there to, to, for relaxation and escapism. They're there for, um, to give back as much as they are to take. Yeah.
3: So it seems like y'all have kind of the experiential travel. Y'all have, it has evolved around you, I guess, you know, you were already there and now everybody wants the experience. Right. So, so how does that work? Yeah. With more competition? Well, or? Nick,
2: like the funny thing is first you have to be great. You have to go do a great trip. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's like the, the, bo- the, the standard, Otherwise, right? doesn't everybody runs <laughs> I, many organizations run great trips, okay? They wouldn't, you wouldn't know about them. They wouldn't have gotten as far as they, as they did if they didn't run successful trips. Um, what really makes us different is the why, okay? So if we can speak about the why we do what we do, we're naturally going to get those types of travelers that, are, that identify with what we're trying to achieve. And we're trying to change lives through travel. Not the people who come on our trips, but everybody who tourism touches
0: interesting and how do you how are you you know kind of engaging new suppliers you know is it that you'll find um, kind of an existing uh, you know hiking expedition or like uh, some climbing experience and you'll you know kind of add them into the suite of you know suppliers or is there like a, a kind of a a criteria that you look for in, in them, and I mean how do you even source them Really? yeah
2: it 's a, a great question, and actually it 's something we 're constantly improving and we're looking for all sorts of ways to create an index around this and um, a, a common platform and you know we 're very much in the beginning of the process and it 's you know we have over i think over thirty five thousand different suppliers that we work with i mean everybody from the 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 bike rental place in 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 Belize to you know larger um, uh partnerships, and so we started off by sending surveys out to everybody and just kind of helping us understand their business you know is it a family business how many people do you employ um, you know we're trying to get a grasp of how sustainable their business is right because we're dependent on them and 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 bringing their services into a larger um, experience yeah or product right so uh, we're and again, I'm not exactly on the buying side, so I don't do all of that. I, I do more on the representation side on the selling. Um, but I generally understand that we're going out there and we're helping, we're understanding how these businesses operate, ensuring that they do the right thing, that they're just sustainable. It speaks to um, uh, responsible tourism, and, uh, and, and that's how we'll go into, into partnership with many of these suppliers we use. Would you Sorry, say that's that... a bit long-winded stuff. Question.
3: No, no, <laughs> it's great. It's one. That's a big question, 35,000. It's not hard. easy. That's, it's so, be yeah. a lot easier yeah.
2: to work with the larger chains, right? And the larger big companies that do things perfect, exact every time. Um, but then we wouldn't be true to our cause and our purpose. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what brings people in.
3: Let's talk a little bit about uh, marketing and, and kind of the, the digital age. Do you find that since there are more competitors in the sense of everyone doing experiential travel, that it's easier to find a customer because everyone gets it now? Or is it actually now more expensive yeah, and it's harder? Funny.
2: It's funny that you say that because um, I work exclusively in the, in the trade. Um, so I don't work too much on the, on the direct side or on the digital side. Um, but I can speak very uh, in-depth within the trade. And uh, when I started here six years ago, this was very tough. This was a tough conversation. I, you know, I told you, I mentioned you guys, I'm from New Jersey. This, is, this conversation about uh, uh, sustainability and responsible tourism isn't, is a little difficult. Um, with, not every audience gets it right off the bat. But I'll tell you, six years later, having repeated this message again and again, and just staying true to who we are and what we do and what we're not, um, they've, they've came around. Um, the trade in particular has definitely seemed to get it, and we see other suppliers kind of embracing this idea of experiential um tourism and and immersion so uh we find that it that definitely helps as well not not just one company or one one organization spraying that message, but we have many organizations that are kind of all on the same beat, and that's our goal, right we want everybody to, the change know, is good yeah yeah, so yeah. We, this is this is all for the better.
3: Does it ever get folded into like a company's social mission or like a sustainability statement? You know, you have CSR reps and things like that on the trade side. Are you seeing that sometimes even corporate buyers somehow, if they're doing, I don't know, incentive travel, let's say they're going to do some sales pitch or some sales win and they're going to give a G Adventures uh, package. You know, do you think that people are seeing it as like if we use a G Adventures, it helps us meet our CSR goals? Or is it like, does that
2: even make any sense? That question, you know, it's geez, I don't think that they think about it that way. I think what. Well, I see, again, I work mostly with the people who sell the trips directly to the travelers and the consumers. And so once they've got it kind of narrowed down to, you know, where they want to go, how much do they want to, you know, how long are they going for? How much does the trip cost? Then we get into that realm and then, you know, we have a variety of different options. And then that's when we pivot and say, well, actually, this is a great organization because they do this, this, and this um, in order to help change people's lives in the destination. I think that's something that you would value because I know that you volunteer at the church. I know Mm -hmm. that you do, you know. So it's just kind of on, on that side, I would But I would it's think. still, you know, it's still people still go from the,
3: the calendar, the price. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, right? It's always going to be these yeah, first things. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> the product has to be right, right? right. And
2: so that's why we have these five core values that really are very simple, easy for us to understand. Um, at, at, uh, my favorite is we love changing people's lives. I feel like that's kind of overarching. But one of them is lead with service um, and do the right thing. And we're always kind of talking about this. The product has to be great. It has to be fantastic, and it has to work, and and be well ran. If we're going to be this social enterprise that's out there to change the world and do so much more than just um, what we are, you know, who we are and what we are is quite different, you know? and what we do. That's; those are all different things. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, so you said you're on the the trade side. Yeah. On the. On the- selling side more on the sales and marketing side yeah yeah so how would you say that you approach sales for tourism like how how do you sell that you know well
2: when you're selling sustainability the the key is you don't sell sustainability like like i was mentioning to you, you you that's kind of the icing on the top um it's or it's what drew them in initially Right, A lot of times people will come to us, I don't know, I would never take these kinds of adventure trips, um, but I just love your company. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that very, very often, and that's because they identify with why we do what we do. Um, And so when I'm out there and training others to look for um, travelers that would be interested in this type of experience. I just use a lot of personas and and just kind of describe what um, travelers are interested in, what they value. I do a lot of storytelling as well. Um, we tell a lot of stories about um, interactions that uh, either I've had on my own personal trips or other travelers have came back and telling me about or um, little things that we hear about politically that happen. And, you know, we have 21 offices or I think even more, 20, 21 or 22 offices in 18 different countries, And, um, when things happen politically, it makes a difference, you know, and, and it has an effect. And I see that because it's my friends that are in these nations that are affected. And, uh, I'll come back to a story about that a little bit later, but I do tell a lot of stories. And so that it's not so much a hard sell. It's more of a, Hey, this is a good reason why you should check this out. And I think you might like it as well, because, um, it speaks to things we care about.
3: I love the idea of also like the one-on-one storytelling of, you know, picking the human and kind of understanding them. And then it's like, here's a story that's relevant to you and yeah. that way instead this, of just some blanket, you know.
2: That said, you got a hundred percent. This message is, it, it is difficult to articulate. In order to do it well, it, you need to use some stories, help people understand that a vacation isn't just an opportunity for you to have a great time. As so many other people involved in that. Yeah we don't want to take away from that cuz that's that's why you're gone <laughs> <laughs> um but we can all be purchasing travel more sustainably and more responsibly regardless of the type of experience you're looking to have uh, so that's where we're headed that's
0: great well um talk about sustainability uh you're gonna help sustain us. I've been really killing it with the puns today. It's a little cheese. Uh Eddie brought us uh, a snack today. So awesome. I told you I wanted to tell you a little bit of a story. Um and it's a
2: very applicable story. <laughs> well what I have we got in front some, of uh, us? We got I brought some Kit Kat here. <laughs> Everybody's familiar. The snack size, uh kind of like the Halloween bag of Kit Kats here and um I was thinking about what to bring yesterday and I haven't traveled anywhere in a, in a while and since I knew I was doing this I didn't go any place really too exciting to to bring any fun snacks but I want to tell a fun story about uh Egypt uh I was in Egypt about six uh six years ago it was one of my first trips my first trip with G Adventures after after working here and I met a gentleman named Mo. And Moe's our regional operations manager. And Mo just loves Kit Kats. And we can't find <laughs> everything all over the world. And Kit Kats is something that's very difficult to find in Egypt. And Mo has been with us uh, maybe 10 plus years. He uh, manages a team of 20 plus guys out there in Egypt. and. Uh, everybody knows that he loves Kit Kats. So when one of us go and visit, we always bring uh, Kit Kats. And so anyway, that's what I thought of uh, yesterday when I was thinking about it. And it also gave me an opportunity to bring up Egypt, right? And uh, uh, Egypt is back, guys. Uh, My my twin sister and my parents are going to be traveling there at the end of March. Um, I was there just prior to the Arab Spring. Um, It was a phenomenal uh, experience to witness. And it's a beautiful destination. It's Back now in our top ten in terms of um, most popular destinations for Americans out of the you know out of the U.S. Uh, so I just wanted to give that shout out and uh, if you guys had any questions about uh, about those experiences, I'm be happy to answer. Yeah.
3: Thanks, Mo. Yes, thank Absolutely. you, yeah, Mo, for yeah, the KitKat. It was know, delicious. I was wondering if you were going to go with the, the KitKat marketing campaign of give me a break, you know. The, like, yeah, that's like their whole thing, you know. Or like it was for a while, you know. It's like this yeah, works out. Maybe that's why he likes it he's like, maybe, I'm going to take a break, have maybe. a KitKat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he
2: loves KitKats. Everybody yeah. knows you bring KitKats when you go and visit Egypt.
0: So I'll be sending them with my sister next month. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that it sounds is, like a, a great opportunity to, to yeah. take a quick Break. Uh. (laughs) In a moment, you'll be hearing from Eduardo on how political environments can affect tourism on a local level and how partnerships work with things like publications and trade shows. The superior audio quality on Mouth
2: Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen. that's MouthMediaSenn, at checkout.
0: Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B I Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at TravelIsYourBusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to MouthMediaNetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest. Or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com.
3: You mentioned earlier we obviously had our Kit Cats uh, thanks to Egypt in some way. Uh, <laughs> no, you know I would. I, I think that a lot of people, you know, when they when they see security issues develop or you know dictatorships you know, are there, <clears throat> and things that are happening that maybe seem less than savory, and maybe they're reluctant to go to a country. Yeah, but tourism really does matter for <clears throat> those countries. So tell me about how you guys are certain that your dollars go to good. Good people, basically, and also just how travelers should think about those type of destinations.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's important to keep in mind, too, that the 40, 40 poorest nations in the world on tourism is their number one uh, uh, economic driver. Okay, is their number one industry, and in it's Egypt, uh, it's kind of—I think it floats around. They, they've got a couple of uh, large industries outside of uh, tourism, um, but there's definitely—it's definitely a big chunk, um, you know, with the pyramids of Giza and, and all the attractions throughout Egypt. Lots, everybody wants to go. Right? We all learned about it as children, and we took a break um, after the Arab Spring, and and I just wanted to kind of just mention to you, you know, that affects people. I mean, there's twenty, twenty-five employees that we have there in, in an office in Cairo, and uh, these, these guys and, 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 and gals as well are delivering these experiences usually week to week, week to week, and then all of a sudden, something changes overnight, and the place goes dry. And so there's a lot of uh, people that depend on tourism. And uh, when you work with companies like G Adventures, um, we're very reluctant to cancel trips. I mean, we're really gonna do it only when we think we can't guarantee the safety of our travelers. And it's not because uh, we're a risky company or anything like this. Um, It's because we we know that tourism matters. It makes a difference. These, when you spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars to come on a trip with us, we're spending that money locally, and people are feeding their families as a result of tourism. We're going to do everything we can to keep that going, even if it's um, marking it down incredibly. Um, those past, it's important that 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 it continues. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Even when when this happened, um, we had just our our passenger count. It was fifth most popular destination at, from all over the world. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it dropped way, 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 way down, and these employees were suffering, and these guides or these chief experience officers, as we as we call them, um, were suffering. And instead of letting half go, keeping a, t- a smaller team, they all opted to share their shifts because even they realized that this was their livelihood, and you know we all have to eat, and we all have a family to take care of at the end of the month. So we share the departures that we have. We take turns even though it means not a full load for everybody. Find a little bit of work elsewhere. So we just managed to get by, and this is what happens um, in tourism when we have these political uh, changes. I mean, even small things, like uh, what was uh, uh, going on with Haiti and some of the African nations right now. That You know, this stuff matters. People um, go or don't go, depending on um, what they're hearing uh, out there. and um, So I just like to just kind of caution everybody, all of our listeners, be, be sensitive to how we describe the situation, and ensure your accuracy. And, and of course, don't send anybody in place unsafe, but um, understand that there are people that depend on this.
3: I imagine that there were plenty of companies that wanted this business because
2: National Geographic is a great brand. So do you guys has it has been good? Oh it's been fabulous. I mean it's been explosive since since the moment it took off. Also too, we were introducing a line of experiences that spoke to the everyday type of traveler. Um these type these trips at G Adventures, these aren't for the most affluent and wealthy, you know, um traveler. This is for the everybody. And National Geographic didn't have something that spoke exactly to them uh to that group. So that's what this is. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: And what do you see as like, you know, trends? In the tourism industry, and at least in terms of like how people are consuming these adventures, you know, we at least we've seen there's a lot of like kind of seemingly unbundling and also kind of rebundling into group like you know yes. kind of multi-day, multifaceted mm. trips. How, how, what are the things that you you look for? Are getting asked on a on a regular basis? Mm. The biggest, the biggest challenge that I have in selling um, group
2: travel experience, because in the end of the day, that's what we are: small group tour operator, ten to twelve like-minded people traveling together. Uh, When people consume travel, they're yearning for this off-the-path, independent, immersive adventure. Yeah? So it's challenging to say, come with a small group of people, but still have this independent adventure. Now, I know it because I've been and I understand that we have the flexibility, gives people their own uh, freedom to pursue their own interests. And that's what's so important about um, uh, so important about travel. So I guess that's can be one of the challenges is, is you know, that's... Uh, and if people don't want different things at different times. You know, when we're talking to uh, the new traveler or the youthful traveler, they're very, I, you know, they don't want to be told. <laughs> right. But as we get a little bit older and as I move into my 30s, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I, you know, get me I there. want to research everything about the wildlife and, you know, the rest of it. I'm right. Happy for you to tell me what we're doing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, is it, you
0: know, are people just kind of assuming that their phone is going to guide them wherever they need to go and that they can just go off into the woods and, you know, not really yeah. have that same I would say that the they're tether. probably not valuing the right... Um, experiences Mm.
2: you know it's so difficult because right when we come when when travelers come back from my trips they don't they don't tell me how great Machu Picchu was you know Peru's our number one destination (laughs) they tell me about when they stopped to try chicha on the side of the road this is a, a beer that's made from corn um, that not you know, very few people uh, experience, and sometimes strawberries. Strawberries or corn, and we stop at a little place along the way, and they play this game um, called Sapo, which is like a Peruvian uh, or Inca version of uh, um, what do we used to play in college? Uh, beer pong. Beer pong. Beer pong. It's right? yeah, so, so, <laughs> so A little root. bit or like it's yeah. Way worse. <laughs> beer root root. Yeah. 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 And so and, all the Right, and we, yeah. pull right the, uh, we pull right off the we pull right off the road and stop at this little farm and and uh have this uh, cultural exchange with the with the visitors and um and every guy does it a little bit differently and this is just kind of what happened on, on my trip um but that's what they come back telling me about and so and that's not unique to traveling on your own that just happened along the way and sometimes we can create it in a very organic fashion like kind that. of
3: facilitate it so facilitate that it's there it. you still right, feel like creative. it's organic but it's still there yeah the way it came up was hey on guys
2: it. we're stopping i'm passing this farm that we know along the way they make this stuff called chicha i'd love for you to try it i don't think you should drink a whole lot of it because <laughs> it, you may not feel well um, but it is alcoholic it's you know something that they drink there's a game there would you guys like to stop in I mean, there's 10, 12 people um, traveling together, so let's raise their hands. Who's not going to want to just at least stop and stretch the legs for a second, right? So, and then they just have this beautiful experience and then um, it's still authentic, still
0: immersive. Um, mm. really, what's your favorite part of of this, of your job? Like, what's the favorite? What's yeah, the so that's part for you? <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: thinking about that on the way in and I was speaking with my girlfriend who's also in the industry and uh, we talk a lot about uh, these types of, of topics. Um, honestly, my favorite part now, after having been professionally in the industry fifteen years and, and studied tourism in the university, um, my favorite part is to see the eyes open, not just of our travelers but maybe also of the people in the destination to you know and that just that through that cross cultural exchange so much I take for granted now because I have uh, been fortunate enough to, to have traveled so long that i I may miss things that I appreciated ten years ago when I was f- first getting out you know and um now i get to see that and um do i have time to do a quick little example yeah so i was in morocco um recently and uh they you know one of the travelers turns to me and says you know eduardo we've had uh tagine every single night And you know, I it's unbelievable can you believe it much tagine we've had and tagine is a very local dish that they make in a clay pot and um, very popular for everybody Um, and and especially the travelers when they arrive there that's something that you're guaranteed they're gonna have but by the 10th day maybe you've had enough tagine right and so um, one of the travelers turns to me and says you know there's a lot of tagine and so I turn back and I say I know can you believe how privileged we are to have the abundance of um, selection in our supermarkets in our restaurants you know, and so she'd look back at me, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's just like those just little like moments. Perspective. Yeah, those <laughs> little moments right there. And, and, uh, and then you could tell for the rest of the trip, she was looking and, and thinking. And um, this changes the world. Small, little moments like that change the world. And um, that's what I really love.
3: No. I also really love the fact that no matter where you are, even if you're like in Nepal about to go hiking in the Himalayas, Coca-Cola is there. <laughs> Absolutely. It is insane. When you're <laughs> up at Kilimanjaro and there's Coca-Cola in a can and it is still cheap and somebody carried that right. crap up that mountain. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. Yes. Fantastic. Thanks. It tastes great. great yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you bought one. That was sarcastic, <laughs> by the way, the but box. I did buy one. Yeah. Right. Just well, that's yeah. what we say, too. You know, In the evening yeah. when it's yeah. time to go get a beer yeah. at the end of the day, it it's okay. time to support the local community. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's do the right thing, guys. Local <laughs> beer. That is the way to do <laughs> it. Absolutely.
0: Well, I wish we had a beer to crack open now, but we are going to um, circle back on our break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Eduardo some personal questions.
2: Okay. Scary.
4: <laughs> Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com.
0: Let's get to know Eduardo a little bit more. And thankfully, we have our flight attendant to direct us where we're going.
2: Attention, passenger John Mattson, report to gate 22.
0: And that's me. Um, Eduardo, I have a question for you. All right. So. <laughs> Here, Here it comes. comes. I whisper, Let's keep these questions rather. <laughs> it's gonna be heavy. Uh, okay. Uh, if you could go on an adventure anywhere, where would it be? Um
2: what's been hot in my mind right now is polar bears. Um, polar bears. Well, you know, everybody's talking about that this may not experience may not be around much longer. Um so I'd like to go up there, and we, we own a ship that goes to the Antarctica, and I had the privilege of doing that. And so I'd like to, to go and see the opposite pole and go and see some polar bears, walrus, and narwhal. <laughs> I
3: would like to see a narwhal, too. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it does.
2: That's great. Passenger Nick Vivian. Nick Vivian, please come to the front of the cabin.
0: And that sounds like it's you, Nick. Hey.
2: So
3: since John didn't ask this question, it's kind of an obvious one, but I would like to know um, what the first with G adventure, what the first adventure you went on and where it was and like what really captured you, you know, and was it before you started working for them or after?
2: Okay, Uh, yes, I had traveled with them once prior Um, to joining the company, I had worked for another organization, a student travel agency that um, was very well partnered with G-Adventures. But my first trip as an actual employee was in fact uh, uh, to Egypt. So that was fun to talk about a little bit earlier. But since then, I've been on, I think, 26 G-Adventure experiences in six years do you notice so, changes like
3: like location <laughs> location like do you notice the people being different i mean obviously the culture you guys follow through but you know do you kind of start to see really what makes people different when you have this many adventures over a short period of time I And mean, that's a lot of things too when like, you say
2: people are different like, like the locals
3: you know just like you know you mentioned earlier kind of everyone's similar right or that there are commonalities no yeah but, you I, know I what assume... is the the takeaway there that you've kind of gotten
2: no, I see more similarities than anything else. Honestly, I, I the biggest takeaway is the level of opportunity that each destination affords its citizens <laughs> or nations affords its citizens. That's really... Um, that's the part I love looking at as well, too, you know, because... Um, uh, I'm the son of a, uh, a Cuban refugee, so I kind of understand opportunity, <laughs> and uh, that's been drained into me and drilled into me over the years. And um, so I would love to look at that aspect. And so I guess that was something that I kind of think about while I travel is, you know, what kind of opportunity are there for the people that live in this destin, you know, in this tra- in this place? And um, yeah, sometimes I'm more or less surprised uh, based on my own uh, preconceptions. Um, South Africa was a great example. Incredibly um, impressed with. What I had thought, um, what I had thought I was going to experience and what I experienced were quite different.
3: Yeah. That's always pleasing to me. I like oh, when that. Happens, like the best part. Oh, Instead it's of like, great. oh, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Oh, God. Yeah. It's either
4: good or
1: bad. You know, you're like, this is the best thing ever. But yeah, I, I it, it. think it's opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: yeah hopefully that. it's opposite the other way, though.
3: If you think something is going to be a certain thing and you're like disappointed because it wasn't, that's like a little. You have to adjust more. You know? Yeah. Right.
0: Thanks again, Eduardo, for all of this. This is great. How can somebody get in touch with you or G Adventures? Yeah. Um Yeah, well there's a few different ways. Um the best the quickest way is to go to
2: gadventures.com and that's you know where you're going to find a lot of uh, about who we are and also um what it is we do. Um but the other great resource you have is your local travel agent. Um travel agents aren't uh, uh, uh spoken about much through the millennial audience and that's I know that w- what we focus uh, uh, on here in, in in this podcast uh largely. Um uh, Travel agents add a wealth of knowledge to the experience. And remember, you know, G Adventures, we do tours, but travel agents sell the world. I, and you're also allowing somebody else to benefit from the economic prosperity of tourism. <laughs> so, I w- for all of those reasons, I would encourage you to talk to a travel professional, just the same way you would talk to a realtor if you were purchasing a home or making any other large investment in your life. You would certainly speak to a professional about it. And that's the way you should look at travel and tourism is, you know, in your trips is an investment in you, right? And so, you want to speak, you want that to be the best investment you can make. Um, at any cost right
0: that's great yeah and are there any um, is there a final thought that you'd like to share maybe Absolutely. on the, on this episode yeah, totally. or just your experience. Yeah, I would just uh, like to say to all the different travelers and the
2: people in the travel industry that travel changes people's lives. And if it's done correctly, we can make an amazing, amazing difference. And it doesn't have to be a, 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 an adventure. I hope it is. Can <laughs> you come with me? Um, but there's many organizations that uh, that uh, speak to this um, style of travel and um, this purpose. And so travel with more purpose and, uh, and uh, the world will thank you back.
0: Thanks again, Eduardo. And for my co-host, Nick Vivian. It's been swell. And I'm your host, John Matson. Bon voyage, and we'll check you next time. Thanks, guys. It's been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening.